Well, good to pray with you tonight. How many of you have ever read anything from Flannery O'Connor? Raise your hand, just a few hands. Okay, you got to read Flannery O'Connor. So she is uh, a great Southern author. She grew, uh, was born in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, one of the gifts of my life, I was down in Savannah for an ordination of a friend as I was newly ordained and uh, going down to his ordination and I would just happen to be walking around Savannah and I came upon her house. Uh, so she's a great Catholic and a great writer. I ran into her before I even knew she was Catholic when I was studying English literature at Gonzaga. And um, her style of writing is unique. It's definitely Southern Gothic. Um, her wit is great and her stories are great. So I'll give you a couple short stories. A Good Man is Hard to Find, that's one. And then another is The Life You Save May Be Your Own. Her stories are great. She talks about it. The grace runs all the way through them, but in the most surprising ways. They usually end with some pretty horrifically violent turn. And she has great characters, great villains, and protagonists who are really annoying. And it's usually the faithful religious people are super annoying and arrogant and obnoxious. And it's only when they come into the contact of like violence to themselves that grace breaks through and then they die. That's almost always what happens. So you should definitely read some of her short stories because they're great. And someone asked her one time, so you're a faithful woman and you're writing about grace. Why? Is there such violence in your stories? And she said this, she said, in a world that's gone deaf, you need to shout. In a world that's gone deaf, you need to shout. She's like, I gotta get people's attention. When I read the gospel today, I thought of her line there. In a world that's gone deaf, you need to shout. Because if any of you are like, like, just like kind of cruising with that gospel without thinking about it, you didn't listen. Because Jesus is shouting to get our attention. If any of you come to me without hating your father or mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. That's Jesus shouting to a world that's gone deaf. That's Jesus shouting to us because our sinfulness makes us go deaf. So he's got to get our attention. Does he mean that? Do you have to call your mom tonight and say, I hate you? No. He's using hyperbole in a Jewish way, a very Jewish way, actually. He doesn't mean we should hate our father, our mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, and hate our own lives. So you guys got to understand that clearly. Okay, he's not saying that. Here's what he's saying and getting your attention by saying these very strong words that you can't put anything before him. Anything or anyone, nothing and no one before God because this is the mistake that we always make as sinners that we would prefer a creature to the creator and it's so easy to do because the creature is always visible and God is invisible. And it's really easy to prefer the creature to the creator. And when we do it, every time we do it, every time, not just in the horrible things that we might choose that we know are bad for our souls, but even in the good relationships, even family, 
friends, even our own lives, whenever we put the created reality before the creator, we've created an idol. And every time in the Old Testament and in the New and down to this present age, when we worship an idol, we get enslaved. We lose our freedom. And so what Jesus is saying with these very strong words, he's smacking us in the face, pay attention. You can't put anything or anyone before me. Because what he wants is our freedom. St. Paul says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. And when we're free, when our hearts are properly ordered, when we don't put any created reality above the creator, then what happens is this beautiful right ordering of our hearts. Then we can love well as we're made to love. Does Jesus want you to love your mom and your dad and your wife and children in due season? Your brothers, your sisters? Does he want you to love your own life? A thousand times, yes. A thousand times, of course he does. But the only way we can love those realities, those people, even ourselves well, is if we love him first. That's why it harkens back to the gospel from Sunday. What's the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your soul, with everything that you have. And then the second, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. When we love God rightly, every other love in our life gets properly ordered. And then we live this beautiful and free life, free to love and love well, love rightly, love properly. But absent that, my friends, and it's so easy to put the creature above the creator, we'll get it wrong. And then our relationships get distorted and disordered and we put too much pressure on this relationship or that relationship or this thing or that thing. We put too much pressure on ourselves and our own lives because it's out of order. So order is important. And tonight's a good night to be reminded in very strong terms by our Lord, to be reminded to put nothing and no one before him.